Hello and welcome to Parenting Grit Podcast. Faith-filled real talk about family life, the ups, the downs and everything in the middle. Derek and Genevieve here. Hello everyone. It's great to be with you again today. And today we are talking about transitioning through the middle years. So I guess the first question is what do we mean by the middle years? So it's that years of year age eight through to age 13 years. So really the tween years. Mm. And so, yeah, that's what we wanted to talk about today. Yeah, so there's lots of moral, biological and social changes that happen in these years. Certainly is. And yes, our children keep growing and changing and we as parents need to grow and change with them. Yeah, and I think keeping that before us as parents that, you know, we don't arrive at the perfect parenting place and get some lovely badge saying you are perfect parents. In fact, we haven't received our badge yet, have we, babe? Not at all. No. So it's a continuing change. Just as our kids grow, we grow as parents as well. And these years see the next phase of transition from dependence on parents to self-reliance of adulthood, which is the end game, isn't it? Having very responsible adults in our world. And after that first life crisis that we learnt about in the toddlerhood phase, where toddlers begin to realise that they are separate from their parents, this is the next phase in transitioning away from that parental dependence into adulthood. So this phase of childhood sees a greater understanding of the differences between self and peers Mm. and the growing influence of the peer group. This is where they get that real awareness of their differences and, and, and how they fit into their world. Yes, so peer group pressure does start to become a bit of an issue. So family identity and culture and family time become all the more important in helping our children know who they are and whose they are. Revisiting those questions of, you know, what does our family stand for? And uh, looking at where and with whom our family and our children are choosing to spend their time. It's really key to forming family identity and the identity of our children. Absolutely. So it, it needs, again, to be an ongoing discussion with our children about who we are as a family and who they are in our family and who they are in their world and their friendship groups as well. Yeah, a real transitional phase. Sure is. So we've found that community is key mm. here. So there's the old saying, we become the company we keep. And this is a big part of the foundation of family at this time. Yeah. So understanding that the community that um, and the people that you are with and around can be really key to helping your children transition through this phase. So being a part of a church community mm. for us has been really important and encouraging and um, requiring, I guess, for a while, regular attendance. Yeah. And for our kids to continue to be involved in children's church and in junior youth programs mm. that can grow into the senior youth programs, keeping them actively involved and um, being a part of that community can contribute really well to the values that we establish in our families Yeah, and to help our children know that it's not just our family mm. who have a faith and who believe in God and that there are others who hold similar standards yeah. and they are fun people to hang around. <laughs> yeah. So also if you're solo parenting, then having a strong community of other men, women um, who can speak positively mm. into your children's lives is also really beneficial and would really encourage um, parents who are in that situation to seek out those that can help them in that space. Yeah, yeah. And we found too that, you know, sometimes if there was conflict happening with our children in their peer group at school, it was great that they also had church friends. 
So yep. they had another group that they identified with and, and could draw in that friendship space from. So yeah, that was good. very helpful. So this phase of parenting is best met with patience, understanding that this is actually at the next step in the beautiful creative process that God set in place of our children becoming adults. So we're going to talk through three key areas of this stage of parenting. And the first one we've called love and hormones. Ooh, Ooh. love and hormones. <laughs> Put those two things together. Uh, so these years see our children grow physically towards sexual maturity. And often if you're looking at your seven or eight-year-old, you're not really thinking about them becoming, you know, a big grown adult with sexual desires and, you know, hairy underarms and things. But they they do. They start this, this process slowly and it starts in these years. So boys have a couple of bursts of testosterone in these years. Uh, some girls actually go through puberty towards the top end of this age. Age bracket and they start to become a little bit attracted to the opposite sex maybe first crushes are had and uh, most schools will have talks with our children about puberty hygiene and sex during these years so as parents Derek and I have always wanted to stay ahead of that we've wanted to be really aware of when the school is going to talk about these things and just to make sure that we are actually the first voices establishing the yep. conversation around these things And we wanted to also view it more as opening a more mature level of communication on some different topics rather than having the talk. That's right. And I think, you know, in in thinking about today's podcast, thinking back to my parents who really did treat it as the talk, Mm. and I remember it being highly awkward um, (laughs) and something that didn't want to repeat because it was so awkward. And I think the key here is to try and as Genevieve said, opening this up to a and a much easier conversation mm. that is not just one conversation, it could be multiple conversations yeah. and allowing your kids the opportunity to bring thoughts and concerns or things that they've heard from school mm. and bring them to you. Yeah. You want you want to open up these lines of communication to give them the freedom and the comfort and the security to come and talk to you knowing that mum and dad aren't going to be weird about it. Yeah, so, you know, that means as parents we work on ourselves and our own uh, emotions around this, ready to have just a peaceful, calm, open conversation. And our children have revisited, you know, things they've heard or questions they've had with each of us over the years. And I'm glad that they feel safe to do that. Yeah, and it's an ongoing conversation, yeah, for sure. for sure. One of the other things that is great in this age is um, becoming more aware of your children's love languages because I think around five or six you can start to glean but it's a great idea sort of somewhere between sort of eight to 12 to revisit doing the quiz. It's an online one you can do, Gary Chapman's Love Languages of Children. I'll pop a link to that in our Facebook resources and beginning to discuss, you know, quite robustly How do you receive love? How do you give love? And helping your children see the differences between themselves and their siblings, themselves and their parents in how we all give and receive love really helps us start to um, think about ourselves but also think about others, take that step away from just being self-focused and learning to speak another person's love language that perhaps isn't your favourite but understanding how valuable that is. And um, we've seen, you know, say acts of service ties in very nicely with chores. Yes. And uh, so we've also seen our kids grow into that um, area of gift giving. Yeah. And as they got older, um, taking them shopping at significant moments, Christmas or people's birthdays. Mm. But it started off with us being very much alongside them in the younger eight, eight, nine, ten years. But as they got into the the early teens, 
and certainly through to 13, you see that gift growing in them and them actually being quite thoughtful mm. about what they're going to give. And that's something to be really encouraged and, and you can start that from a very, quite a young age in, in starting to have conversations with them about, oh, do you remember when such and such mentioned this? Maybe we could get something aligned with mm. that and sort of starting to build that um, ability for them to see beyond their own um, circumstance and see yeah. what others are interested in. And stop suggesting that dad might like the Lego set they actually want. Yeah, <laughs> Those sorts of things. And really helping our children to speak one another's love language creates a foundation of thinking of others, which is really helpful then in the teen years. Yes. So time. How our children spend their time reflects the influences that we allow in their world. Yeah. So our second point is definitely that time is super important. Totally. So one-on-one time with each parent, if possible, is key to helping Mm. children to develop a sense of who they are and how they relate to both of their parents. And I think sometimes we're very good in our parenting to be doing things as an all-in family, but taking time in your everyday to enable parents singularly Mm. to be involved with your kids' lives and doing something that is meaningful to each of them yeah. just on a one-on-one is really important and particularly dads encourage you in this with your daughters um, you know taking them out and, and actually demonstrating to them um, on a one-on-one scenario what a date can look like yeah yeah when they for when before they get to a point where they're actually going on a date mm-hmm. later in when as they've grown up a bit more can be really important because you can set the scene you know just simple things yeah. you know and and giving them an, an insight into what it is that my dad does and so maybe that's what I can expect from someone who... How you'd like to be treated. you treated in yeah. the future, for sure. And I think too, quite naturally, in families you find that perhaps you spend more time with one child or another and it's really then good to be intentional about spending time perhaps with the children that you spend less time with. Yeah. And, you know, in our family I find at the moment... I spend time with my daughter because we enjoy similar things and I spend time with our youngest because I'm still driving him everywhere. So I have to be really more intentional about seeking out our middle child who's our eldest son and, yeah, he drives himself now so I don't have to do that. But it's nice and it's usually around food, I'll have to admit. Yes. Like, hey, can I take you out for a coffee and a donut? Seldom is met with no. (laughs) And the reality is that's when some of the best conversations occur. Exactly. Yeah. So time is so important. And uh, one of the ways that we spend time beautifully together as families is planning family holidays and events. That's where memories are made, values are reinforced, a sense of belonging and family culture. And that really acts as a buffer against an increasing awareness of the world around the children at these ages where they start to realise what's going on in the world through current affairs, what happens in other families and what other values that might be held by others that are in opposition to what you believe as a family. Yeah. And so, again, my encouragement to all you dads is uh, sometimes um, we can be a little bit um, reluctant sometimes to step out and start planning some of those sorts of things like family holidays or mm. events. And we have spoken about this also in previous podcasts yeah. about the way that we've handled that in our own family and prioritise that. But again, just as an encouragement today um, to all the dads, just step into that space and be proactive and, and lead, from the, lead from the front with yeah. regards to planning those significant times when holidays can be had. So good. So we see an increase uh, in this age category too with time with friends, birthday parties, 
sporting teams, invitations for perhaps sleepovers and things. And then also time on screens can perhaps increase. And, you know, both of those things can be really beautiful and really educational kind of experiences or they can actually be cause for conflict. And I'm sure we've all had moments where we've, you know, confiscated screens or denied that, you know, hanging out with friend moment as a punishment in these years. But we really do need as parents to be intentional about where our kids spend their time and to see it as really important that we allow healthy time with friends and healthy time on screens but we also you know need to be mindful and we've discussed this a lot more in some previous episodes which I will uh, mention at the end of this one. So finally our third point and one that's perhaps a little challenging for us as parents is in these years it's important for us to transition from a very authority-focused style of parenting to an influence style of parenting. And what I mean by that is we step away from sort of face-to-face instruction and teaching and more of a getting alongside coaching. Yep. And this is not about abdicating all authority and deciding at you know the age of eight that we've done our stuff and we're done, we can just sit back and watch them grow up now. It really is still about parents being head of our families, but it's about elevating the influence of our relationship and the and the influence of family culture instead of that sort of real teaching moment and helping our children see that they're part of our family community, that they are like representatives of our family and that they behave in ways that align with that both in our home and when they're outside our home. And that's going to bring a greater deal of peace to our home when we are home and hopefully make them enjoyable visitors in other people's homes as well. So this is quite a challenge for us as parents because we need to make sure that the character and integrity of our influence is what we want to see growing in our children. Yep. For example, if we gossip, if our <laughs> children hear us gossiping yes. and then they start gossiping, we might be horrified in their behaviour, but we've actually modelled that. So we need to be careful what comes out of yep. our mouths. Yep. Um if we tell convenient lies, like, oh, I'd like to save a bit of money here, we're, you know, going to the zoo and if you're under this age group, it's cheaper. So we tell our kids, hey, today you're this age, not that age, and tell a convenient lie yep. there. Um, not that's, good. That's not good because we're, t- we're teaching our children, um, you know, how to lie. Yep. So it really comes down to me for, you know, thinking about James one twenty two about being doers of the word as well as hearers of the word. So we need to walk the walk and talk the talk, have those things align and not be the kind of parents that uh, do as I say and not as I do. So, yeah, it really is a bit of a challenge for us to grow up and be emotionally mature and practically mature in this space. So another way that we transition from, I guess, authority to more of an influence is that the rules change to be value-driven courtesies. Mm. So, for example, we're kind and we're polite and we're helpful and we're hardworking and we're honest people and we treat each other and others um, in that way. Instead of into the authority end of the spectrum of this is the way our family does it, this is the rule, just do it. Yeah. And so there's a real change in the way that you get alongside your kids and encourage them and remind them of who we are and what the standards are that we uphold Mm. through an influence uh, manner rather than authority. Yeah. Yeah, and part of this is um, growing in an ability as parents to apologise to our children when we get it wrong. Not always easy. Not always easy. Quite humbling experience. And we model apology and forgiveness and restitution as we do that. And 
So those are really important things and it's about our influence and our relationship over our authority, over just saying to you know our children, okay, you need to say sorry to your brother, but we expand upon that and we say, okay, we're going to apologise and this is why we're apologising and this is how we're going to make restitution and we really expand on those things during mm. these years. We can model conflict resolution skills and show our children how we're not going to avoid conflict or pretend it hasn't happened, but we're going to resolve those things yep. and, and work towards um, a deeper relationship in yep. our family between siblings, between parent and child. Yep. Yeah, so those things are all important and that's that's part of growing and letting our influence of a relationship uh, lead in this parenting space. So involving your children in decision-making is also another way that we can move to more of an influence yeah. approach to our parenting. So again, coming back to the idea of family holidays, um, involving your children in some decision making, that's mm. possibly something that you do already with your much younger children. You know, what would you like to go do today? You give them, you know, two or three options when they're younger. Um, as they get older, it really does become a case of, well, they've now got some interests of their own. Mm. And so actually building a holiday that is focused on doing those things that they love and allowing them to be, I guess, the influence if you like, on that holiday yeah. of pulling that all together, mm. working it through and working out where they're going to go and what time you have to be there and getting them to do all of those things is a really great way to grow their confidence mm. but also influence, be parenting through influence rather than authority. Yeah, teaches them some great skills as well, yeah. budgeting, time management. Yep. So another way that we influence our children, of course, is um, through sharing our faith. And we yep. start that very young. But in these years, 8 through sort of 13, being able to share about how we spend time with God, some of the ups and downs in this, keeping it really real, yep. discussing some of our struggles, not, you know, all of them, but just some of, you know, if we're a bit time poor and busy, how sometimes it's harder to read the Bible. So what do we do about that? Yep. Um Sometimes if we're feeling a certain way, understanding we probably should pray here but maybe not feeling like it and discussing how we move through that. So encouraging our children by showing them how our faith works and helping them to take responsibility for their faith and how they learn about God and encounter God in worship and the Bible and prayer yep. during these years can really be expanded. And having a little bit of you know mutual accountability, not in the way where our children tell us what to do, but where it's allowable for our children to ask, hey, you know, mum, what are you reading in the Bible at the moment? And, you know, if you're not, be honest and go, do you know, I'm not really specifically reading much at the moment. What are you reading? Maybe we could read something together. Mm. Or actually I do need to revisit that. I think I'm going to read the book of whatever next. Yep. And so just, yeah, helping each other grow in our faith, keeping that influence of relationship and relationship with God really important. And some great conversations can be had over the meal table or just casually over the, you know, as you're getting ready in the morning about those sorts of aspects and, yeah. and what it is that you're finding interesting that you are reading or in devotion time. Mm. So we really hope that this has been helpful and we would encourage you to listen to some previous episodes on Parenting Grit, one on 10 Tech Tips with Jason and Emma Schroeder and another one which was entitled 10 Keys for Raising Under 10s with Jason Schroeder. Yeah, they're both great in this middle years. They are indeed. And so mm. encourage you to revisit those and Genevieve will put those on a link um, after this podcast. Sure will. And let's remember these largely primary school years can be some of the most delightful and steady family years. And these years prepare our children to be more resp responsible and enjoyable teens. 
So thank you for joining us. And so until next time on Parenting Grit, please go and enjoy your children Mm. and enjoy being parents. And let's make parenting as much fun as we can.